Now, how long have you had these pains, Mr. Barber? It's all ball bearings nowadays. Are you always this forward? Only with wet married women. Yes, very good. I'll have a Bloody Mary and a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich, please. Very good. And may I help you, Dr. Oh, it's me, Dr. Rosenfield. I'm just here to check Dr. out Sam file. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema, folks. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, Josh Price, and I am here with the crew. Fuzzy <laughs> man. Hello, hello, hello. Let's get on the beach, deal with some drugs and some interesting feelings. <laughs> And to his left, we have the master of the mix with that great intro. I was hoping you'd say that. Ooh. <laughs> it was a very nice introduction, and I am very thrilled and proud to be here today. Well, everybody, Shasta, thanks. That should be on your resume, yeah. Doug. Yeah. yeah. So we got some good stuff for you today, folks. We are reviewing the movie Fletch, the Fletch. Chevy Chase hit. Now, before we get into the movie, as always, we're going to discuss booze. Booze? booze first, first and foremost. So in honor of... Chevy Chase drinking Bloody Marys in almost all of his movies. We have made a Bloody Mary. However, we put a little twist on it, as we always do. This is what I'm calling the Asian Zing Bloody Mary. Oh. So in this drink, we have two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of My mm. Ploy sweet chili sauce. Sweet chili. About half an ounce of sriracha. And then you load that pint glass up with just your everyday Bloody Mix. Give it a quick stir. And there you go. Mm. Oh yeah, that's fire. Oh yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Bloody Mary fan, but I like these Asian oh, flavors. Too. Man, I am a huge Bloody Mary fan. This. Like it's it's my favorite cocktail known to man. It's um, funny, like I make good Bloody Marys, and I'm I'm not a partaker. Like done right, it, it's it, there's second to none. I mean, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least, I love. I don't even like tomatoes. Like I don't right. like tomatoes raw, but I love good spice and holy smokes dude a lot of times sweet. you go to places they just overload it with pretty much like their appetizer yeah. menu and it's just still a shitty bloody mary mm-hmm. like this has no bells and whistles mm-hmm. no sparkle no yeah no, no racing stripes yeah but it is fire like dude, no joke fire. like we we pride ourselves on on making you know drinks that you know the everyman can afford yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're talking about we paid ten dollars for a bottle of vodka mm-hmm. and two dollars for the bloody mix and two dollars a piece for the sauces. You know, and obviously you can get crazy and do your own bloody mix and yeah. not crazy, but I mean a lot of people you can do always it, add like I mean, A one or Worcestershire. But I, I put this up against uh, a lot of the major, major, major Larrys in this <laughs> in these folks. Thank you, buddy. First yeah, favorite bartender over here. That's the thing too. You get the mix and it's like adding the sriracha and the sweet chili sauce. Yeah. That's, that's it your takes own, it to that's a different level. Mix right there. It's a perfect connection. Yeah. <laughs> solid. Solid. <laughs> and obviously, you, you, you put this over ice, folks. Do, yeah. Drink them cold. And make sure you cold. put it in a Pink Floyd glass. I think yeah. you're representing like three out of <laughs> how many? Just put albums. each ingredient in your mouth one at a time <laughs> in that order. And then take an ice cube and chew it. And then you gargle. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they make margaritas in your mouth in, yeah. in Lauderdale? In, there you go. In suburbanite Chicago, we make Bloody Marys in your mouth. That's what there everyone does. Everyone. <laughs> it's tradition. Sorry, Mary. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> now... Before we get into the real good stuff, let's talk brass tacks. Tacka, tacka. So Fletch came out in 1985. It's based on a series of books by Gregory McDonald's. Um, Now, it's not necessarily a true adaptation. However, the character is very close to how he's written. So as far as adaptation goes, if you're going to change the story and you keep the characters together, people are usually pretty happy about it. Uh, One question. I didn't realize this was 
based on a book. I mean, mm-hmm. how, when was the book written? Do you know by off the top of your head? Uh, I want to say it was like the first one came out in eighty one ish, but okay, I could be so wrong. Pretty quick to to screen. Pretty pretty quick. quick yeah. To so play. I'm pretty sure the first two. So the first two books are Fletch and Fletch Lives. And those were out by the time the first movie came out. And then when Fletch Lives came out, they had he had written two more, like Fletch 1, W-O-N, which was a prequel. And then Fletch 2, T-O-O, because this guy likes wordplay. Um, and it's one of the hallmarks of, this, of the character. Hmm. But yeah, so there's, cool. from what I understand, four or five books in the series. Cool. Um, this was directed by Michael Ritchie of Bad News Bears fame. <laughs> yes. So a, a director who definitely knew the eighties. Dugouts. <laughs> it was written by a guy you might recognize, Andrew Bergman. That's the guy who wrote uh, Blazing Saddles and The Freshman. So when I was nice. telling you I there was a movie I wanted to put on the list, it's The Freshman. Okay. You ever seen it? No. Oh God, we're gonna hit that one. Well, all right. Party on. <laughs> that's a good I, one. I like the way he chooses characters, so we'll mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, we'll talk after this about that because you get it, Josh. Um, so this movie had a budget of eight million dollars, and for 1985, that's pretty pretty reasonable. And they had a box office of 59 million, so really? they did pretty decent. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was uh, like that's the like, number one or number two comedy of that year. What? That's yeah. crazy to me. I ne- I'm yeah. I don't know. I, I never really watched this movie growing up, and I'm pretty good with comedies. I don't know. Jesus. All yeah, right. this one slides into the radar sometime. Like, if you go online, there's not a whole lot of reviews about it, which is kind of disappointing. Because I wouldn't say this is an Oscar-worthy comedy, but it's definitely one that's worth but it watching. Did, it was a block, blockbuster yeah. hit that year. Exactly. A lot yeah. of people say that, like, are our age or older than us. Like, mm-hmm. they saw it when they were kids. It was a funny. It was the biggest hit of that summer. But yeah. they watch when they're adults. It's like you get that that mm-hmm. Chevy. One on one, so to mm-hmm. speak, humor. You know, definitely, I mean? it's just, definitely. It's just you and him when you're watching this movie the whole time. You don't get that experience when Ronnie Dangerfield mm-hmm. or the three amigos are just, yeah. You know, especially with him talking directly to the audience. The danger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between Caddyshack, Three Amigos, and yeah, yeah, all the National Lampoon shit. It's well, like, and also SNL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I don't know. It's, well, and it, it, I think it's important to note that he like, had like the busiest like four year span known to any fucking probably. comedic well, artist ever. Like, notable, as far as that goes, holy shit! Yeah. To say what you mentioned too, he had just yeah. This was this was right like, after this was after he had done all those ensemble movies, and obviously SNL is an ensemble. Well, and project. is like the height of his drug problem, and him, yeah. him, him getting yeah. Clean. Yeah, he, yeah. He, went, like, he, yeah. he did some did some uh, time getting better, right? Yeah, this is the Re- first movie. This is the first movie he made after. Uh, essentially going into recovery. Yeah. Because um, uh, he had a, he had a bit of a drug so problem bad. and kind I'm of a drinker. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the first movie after that, and it's the first movie where he's at the helm and, like, the main character. So it's a big it's a big film for Chevy. Yeah. Yeah, especially right out of there, where you're already feeling low on yourself, but trying to get bigger mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so you can kind of compare this a little bit to how Scrooge was for Bill Murray. Because that was Bill Murray's, like, that was one of his first, like, lead roles. And it was also a, a movie after he got out of recovery. And they also Absolutely. worked pretty closely yeah. together. So Yeah, they hated each other. Yeah. I think they still do. <laughs> I think Caddyshack was the the thing. Like, they never partied together. And we all yeah. know Caddyshack was, like, a giant, <laughs> giant fucking coke party. You want to think, like, all these, like, your favorite actors are, like... They're all just chummy chummy because they've been all these movies that you right. see. It's like they just hate each other's guts. So like they, yeah. you know, it's like a work relationship. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. not like the fantasy. Like the same know. way you walked through high school. <laughs> well, and you're talking about like it's like the Hollywood career. Like how the going back to high school, the the cool kids, like the two coolest kids, never liked each other. 
and that's Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. Like they are absolutely the life of the party, but they have to be at different parties. Was, was one a freshman and was a senior, or what? Mm, <laughs> these guys were probably both hip sophomores. Hip sophs. Um, so before we do the speed summary, Greg, you want to hit a uh, cast? Yeah, hit it up. Chevy Chase as Fletch, Irwin Fletcher. He plays a lot of roles. We got Doctor Dr. Rosen Penis, Doctor Rosenbaum, Doctor Mister Poon, Ted Nugent, um, Jane Doe, Don Corleone. I mean, the, what was Mister Poon? I, I know, what kind I, of a name is Poon? Comanche Indian. Comanche. Uh, explains it, explains Comanche. It, explains you know, <laughs> these are just some of the <laughs> aliases he goes by through this movie because he's a master of disguise. Apparently, <laughs> right. Shazzy was trying to explain this to me the other day about what this movie's about, and, and he's like, "Say, he's talking about Dana Carvey <laughs> and like yeah. how he, he's a turtle." Tur- I'm like, "Oh, oh, it's similar to that." And I'm, I'm like, waiting for Chevy Chase to turn into. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> he goes but, into more like in the in the sequel, he gets more like disguises, but in this one, it's all about the persona. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I guess we should move on. Because he, he invested in those novelty teeth. <laughs> and I didn't even list them all. I mean, there's like four or five, six right. more. Um, I guess we'll go into more of the character yeah, characters. The <laughs> Dane Wheeler, um, Nicholson, mm-hmm. uh, as Gail Stanwyck. Uh, Richard Libertini as Frank. Mm-hmm. George Weiner, Marvin Gillet. Tim Matheson as Alan Stanwyck. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, like his big, that's the arch nemesis of this yeah. one. So it's Chevy yeah. and... And Alan. And Stanley. Vice President Hoynes. Yeah. And like his hot wife, you know. But. Yeah. Um, Gina Davis, not the hot wife. Um, <laughs> Joe Dan Baker as Chief Baker. Uh, he's been in a lot of movies, um, too. He, he always kind of plays that hefty kind of <laughs> guy. Yeah. He's a good good dude. Um, Emmett, good dude. He smoked rock, though. He's a good dude. He, he smoked rock. Emmett Walsh, Dr. Joseph Dolan. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> Emmett Walsh. Is it? Rest in peace, great American actor. So what's yes. funny? What's funny is so the during the later years of his life, the office actually had him back on to play this character when they took Dwight to the hospital. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So he plays the the weird like you know, family doctor. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. I mean, George went Fat Sam. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's yeah, it. But n- not necessarily star studded. But we got some we got some stars in there nonetheless. It's Chevy. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy Chase as Poon, Chevy Chase as, yeah. So, without stalling any further, I will dive into the speed Get summary. into it, boy. Get, get in deep. Actually, get in shallow, because I don't want to go too deep with it. Anyway, off it's track. Ocean. Chevy Chase plays the titular character of Fletch, and he is an investigative journalist who, at the beginning of the movie, he is digging into the story of a drug ring in, uh, in L.A. And while he is undercover, per se, uh, he is... Offered a job by a, a local millionaire named uh, Alan Stanwyck. Stanwyck, and Stanwyck offers offers him a hundred thousand dollars to kill him, for 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 Chevy Chase to kill Stanwyck, and uh, being the great investigative journalist that he is, he dives into that story and abandons his drug story, and starts to realize that Stanwyck is tied up into his original story. And he gets accosted by the police because the cops are in on it because it's L.A. in the 80s. <laughs> and, and we find out in the culmination that Stanwyck was going to fake his death. He was going to kill Fletch and take off to South America. And after he's arrested, Fletch takes his credit card number and his airplane tickets. And he takes the man's wife to South America with him for a vacation. And he's still got the credit card. You want the number? The <laughs> end. 
<laughs> I still got the number. <laughs> Stamick's wife was hot. Very. Very. They met she was a, awful at tennis, though. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's that's the glory part. Twelve hundred dollars a week for tennis lessons. This is what that's I the glory part of Chevy Chase's character. He's like the the playboy, you know, and he plays it well. Like <laughs> that that smug fucking like bullshit that comes out of his mouth. No, it works. no, but it's great because he like starts to teach her, and he's like, you know, pivot your body, swing, mm-hmm. and then follow mm-hmm. through. And it's like the the ball machine runs out of tennis balls. <laughs> he's like, how many did you put in there? She's like, I thought a bunch. It's like it's out. You did great. <laughs> and at one point, she's like, I actually hit one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. So, you know, let's start there. So, obviously, we talked about Chevy Chase coming out of uh, coming out of recovery yeah. or being, you know, living life as a recovered man. Trying. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons that they paired this director with him was they expected Michael Ritchie to kind of be able to keep Chevy Chase on, on the rails. So number one, he wasn't allowed to drink. Not on, on the set. rails, Josh. That's a wrong off term. Off the rails. Off the rails. <laughs> yeah, off the rails. <laughs> Clean it keeping, up, Josh. Keeping Chevy Chase off the rails. Um, pardon me. So got that adjective. <laughs> I need to turn this before I come. Spicy. Um, so on top of not being allowed to really drink on on set, um, they had an agreement between Richie and Chase where um, they would do one take. Uh, with, with with the, the scene script. as scripted, yeah. yeah, and then Chevy would would be allowed to do a take ad lib, yeah. and they were able to. You know, some of these scenes are you know as they were written, and you can kind of tell which ones they are because Chevy Chase is way more put together for those scenes, and then for his ad lib scenes, he kind of relaxes a bit, like the Ted Nugent line yeah. when he when he when he calls himself Ted Nugent, that was off the top of his head immediately, <laughs> and he they had to cut immediately after that because Tim Matheson started laughing. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, you can't get enough of your Motor City Mad Boy. <laughs> I mean, that's a great tactic too, right? Because you—that mm-hmm. means you have confidence. Because we've we've touched on a couple movies, like use Beetlejuice for an example. After mm-hmm. a certain point, they're just like, Michael, go crazy. We yeah. don't even like need. We can abandon script at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But this is still like we have enough faith in the script being hilarious. Yeah. And our our lead actor being and that's, hilarious. Yeah, that's why we're paying and, you. And we'll do yeah. That's why we're paying. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do two takes of everything. You you go off the cusp, and we'll mm-hmm. do the we'll do the script, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll cherry pick all the, all the exactly. all the choice cuts. And that's yeah. That's where the it best makes for it comes makes from. for a great outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still well, using that approach today. Mm-hmm. You know, do as many mm-hmm. do as many yeah. cuts as you can. 15, 20, 30 takes on the but same thing. But this is like two. But yeah, this yeah. Is we're like talking about on, on film. This no, is no, script, I know. And then go go Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to compare this to to his again to his peer. You know, in Caddyshack, when when uh, when they were filming Groundhog Day, uh, Bill Murray was just the, he, they called him the the Hurricane, <laughs> and he would come into he would come on the set just hung over from the night before and strung out, and all he would ask is like, "More cocaine? Good Bill or bad Bill?" And they'd tell him <laughs> if, they, if they were if they were That's filming hilarious. early scenes or bad scenes, and it was a nightmare of a set. Oh my goodness! This movie, however, because this director knew how to you know negotiate with his lead. They weren't. They didn't have those problems. It was a much clean. Like Chevy Chase in interviews after this movie came out, he was very like, "I loved working on this movie. I loved working with these yeah, people." Yeah, I watched the Letterman interview, and that yeah. was pretty solid for the sure. Carson, was, yeah, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe yeah. it wasn't Letterman. Yeah, but yeah, he was put together. He was. He was. He was yeah. on point. You know, for sure. And that goes like what we were talking about before. It goes to say with that too. It's like, like Richie almost took on that producer role too, mm-hmm. like to work with the talent and to yeah. like tame a guy who was a fucking. 
kind of smooth out those edges. I mean, that's a hard yeah. role to do on top of directing, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though this isn't the most deep movie and there's not as much to unpack as far as the directing cinematography goes, still, like, that that that's enough yeah. to say in itself, I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah I agree. I yeah. agree. Okay. So but, when he was on the on the Car- Johnny Carson show, he came out, you know, his little dream sequence he has where he's on the Lakers. Yeah. And he's playing with Kareem. Yeah. He does the behind the back and through the legs. Mm-hmm. Like on the side of the Johnny Carson set, there's a basketball hoop. And yep. he comes out. Fucking handles the, business. Yeah, he comes out with the Lakers jersey on. He goes behind the back through the legs and in a fucking mm-hmm. a reverse layup. And he sits down. He's happy as fuck. And he tells him, <laughs> he's like... You can tell he's like really happy. He nailed that. <laughs> he said like it's a one out of ten. That yeah, because yeah, you know like on the on the set for yeah. the movie, it probably took him ten or twenty tries. Well, but. they never pulled the camera off him for a stuntman, so like he had to actually do that in the movie. Yeah, so like him doing it on Letterman just or on Carson just like on the fly. Yeah, he had to be Heck stoked. Yeah. Let's well, stay on that dream, dream sequence. That was a that's a really cool part of that movie. <laughs> it's it, it almost feels out of place, but it's a great scene. Yeah, I, I thought the same when I was watching it, but it like. The way he like puts himself out there in the real life, as mm-hmm. far as changing characters, changing his whole whole persona, I thought it was really kind of funny to bring it into his dreams. Right, where it's like it's even far more they're far fletched. <laughs> yeah, than yeah. you would you would think. You know, it's and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What can I say about Fletch? <laughs> yeah. He keeps the team together. He's got this giant fro. Oh my <laughs> god, six foot, six foot, six four, but six nine with his fro. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like biting the dude's arm. <laughs> that's, a, that's my favorite part. And the, the it's line. like my favorite oh. and my least favorite part of the movie because I mean, yeah, the it's like so good. out of touch with the script. It's like right. that, that really has no yeah no bearing correlation on anything. to the rest of the movie. But it's it's like the Afro line and him yeah. biting the dude's arm. Who's got guarding? And him. while he's bite, while he's biting that guy's arm, like he's like he's fighting off three, four, five defenders. Yeah, yeah, defenders and yeah. then the guy's like, "What more can be said about Fletch?" He handles his position with grace. <laughs> He's biting somebody. <laughs> Meanwhile, like his attorney is literally agreeing that he yeah. banged his wife. And he owes him a thousand dollars for that. And, okay. I mean this this goes this goes to show like Andrew Bergman, the writer, knew comedy. Like this is quintessential eighties like dialogue for a comedy movie. So and he, they they couldn't have picked a better guy to write for Chevy Chase. It's yeah, perfect. It, yeah, he's 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 a standalone guy as mm-hmm. far as this movie goes. I mean, there's he some banter up. back and forth. I mean, one of my favorite versions of him, um, as far as his aliases, was yeah. when he goes into the like the airport. Yeah, um, when he's Liddy. Oh, Liddy. Yeah, is that what he said? Liddy. Oh, so he puts in the he puts in the teeth, and he's yeah. like, I splurged, I splurged, I, I spent forty nine cents on some novelty teeth, some novelty teeth, and. It's, and he like stands up and it's all graceful. I don't carry bags. That, that's for, I'm, I'm a super, supervisor. I'm a supervisor. <laughs> you know? Jimmy Chase's one-liners, man, they're amazing. Yeah, no, I, I I can't even say them. I don't want to do them disjustice. He's. I would almost say he might be a little bit better than Murray at one-liners like that. Ad-libbed one-liners. Murray's a genius, but he can go on. He's like Chevy's Robin Williams. Faster. Chevy's faster. Yeah. So Chevy. Yeah. He's he's fast out of the leather, and. So if you, if you want to take the best ad-libbers in, in cinematic history, you've got Chevy Chase, who's quick, yeah. and then you've got Bill Murray, who has substance, and then you've got Robin Williams, who can be do a crazy monologue for 10 minutes let's not leave Belushi, Let's not leave Belushi out of that mix of SNL characters and all that. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, I, wouldn't nec- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in the top three, but he's right there in the top five. Shaking a little bit right there. We'll, we'll get into he's that. Saying, one he's saying for like the improv. I'm no, doing, I know. I'm I know. Doing yeah, I know. It's a script versus hey yeah. Jim yeah. or or 
yeah, and, improvisational actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, of course, we've got some like we've got some really good guys now, but all of them have learned what they did from Robin Williams, yes. yeah. Bill Murray, and, and they kind of all came out of the same sect of areas. Either it was like Chicago or New York or whatever. You got Second City mm-hmm. and like some I forgot the one that pulls out of New York a lot. Um, but the SNL writers were almost yeah. Chicago and New York, yeah. taking out of these certain clubs, you mm-hmm. know, and to have and they these, were improv clubs, to have these yeah. guys come together through a generation is just fucking crazy to me. I mean, they changed the game of comedy in general, and they changed the game of comedy scripting. Yeah, I mean, it goes to show that, like, so the original run for SNL ran for I think four or five seasons, and so you had Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Gilda Radner, um, shit, I'm forgetting a couple of people. But they were, it was just stacked. And then when they were all fired, the second crew that came on, I'm pretty sure in the, in the, in the, in the second run you had, uh, like, the biggest name was Billy Crystal. Like, it yeah. was just not the same. And that's because, like you're saying, that generation of comedians was phenomenal. And they were putting out movies like this. Like, and it, it was to be nothing. That way. It seems to be that way with SNL. Like, they kind of have a generational gap. Mm-hmm. Every um, other generation. I don't know if it's because of the way that America is recognizing comedy or the, they're trying I, I don't know i mean i mean the, the i forgot the guy's name uh lindsey snl guy oh uh uh lauren lauren michaels lauren michaels yeah he's probably a genius yeah, i would say i he mean is. he's yeah he's, he's he's having this thing run for years decades mm-hmm. you know even and he's bringing <clears throat> doing his best to keep the the freshest comedians coming through i mean even today i mean there's a lot of comedians yeah. that, that he's have been, been doing it for that, 50 years now boom and they bring in new writers, keep it fresh, you know. So I guess again, I yeah. Digress. Well, no, I, I think I think it's it's totally important to recognize that because that's the the you know cultural soup that this movie comes out of. That's the that's the zeitgeist, as it were. All right, I like so, it. So you you had the spirit of American comedians who were taking on a little bit of a British style, being dry and quick and witty. And you got great movies like Fletch and the National Lampoon stuff and the Blues Brothers. So all these, all this great stuff came out of that culture of those five years. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, 77 to 82, those guys were formed. And then from 83 to, you know, 89-ish, they were putting out bangers every yep. year. Yep. And this is definitely one of them. It's, it's, it's kind of hit more of cult status in recent years, but it was a hit at the time. Yeah. That's why I was surprised that I've never seen it before. It was the first time I've watched it, and it, though I've seen better, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I, of I, don't, I, I wouldn't give this movie a huge rating, but it's definitely wor- worth a watch. Like you, you talked about, um, it's it's Chevy Chase's game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I've seen him better roles. Um, I agree. This is kind of like a standard issue Chevy movie where he's he's quick mm-hmm. and he's after the girl and the girls like him and he's just that kind of guy. It, 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 this movie suits him to a yeah. T cause that's the character he's always played. It's a Chevy vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> though I don't, I wouldn't rate this movie high. Um, I, I do. And I did enjoy watching it. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, I think this is, I will not fight you on that whatsoever. The reason I picked this movie is it's not necessarily a cinematic masterpiece, but it's, it's a historical point in, in, comedic cinema history where it, it is one of one of those movies but it stands alone because it is the first Chevy Chase single venture and it it's if you want to break into comedic writing this is a good place to get started you know mimic some of these styles and, and play around with it if you want to get into improvisational acting 
you know, watch how Chevy Chase carries himself with different characters, now he interacts with people. It's a really good class for people who want to come up in comedy. Yeah. And there is a little bit of a dramatic aspect to the film, too, which yeah. is like comedians are good at that, right? Because they're mm-hmm. so good at impersonating any emotion or, or yeah. character. But it's <clears throat> it's just not like, like me and Greg, or Greg said, like, it's like, uh, what's that Dana Carter movie that the uh, Master of Disguise? Master of Disguise. You know what I mean? You're almost expecting something so like campy and over the top. Where this is like, you still actually get that that suspenseful yeah. storyline. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it can be somewhat comparable to like Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. In, in how it and plays. And the music, too. The music, it's yeah. like identical. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't talk about the music at all. But so, uh, 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 Siskel and Ebert, they made a point of mentioning that, like, you can tell this movie was cut after Beverly Hills Cop came right out. Right after. The music Same. sucks in this movie. Oh come on! Come on! Dude, since the beginning movie. screen, I know, I know. That's, I've that's watched that a lot synth of synthwave shit. That right. I, know, I watched a lot of eighty movies growing up. I'm Greg just saying. Over, I was thought, like, this movie, this music sucks. When you came, dude. When it's when like, you came it's over to even, watch it, and we had the sub and the new yeah. soundbar hooked up. <laughs> I was sitting on my couch. Giant I was melting. Sub. I was melting in my couch, and my subwoofers <laughs> in the middle of the room, and I was just so happy every time the music would start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Uh, the move, the music's there, but it, it it seems out of place to me. Well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have slappers like Axel F, but it's still it's still got you know it, it works for the movie, which is what you want. You want music that fits really the tone. I didn't think film. that it did though. I that's thought what, it was kind, kind of out of arguing. place too. Really? Yeah, I didn't really I, I didn't feel like it fit. It fit. I, maybe it's just because I'm not in from that era and watching. Mm-hmm. But it, I've watched a lot of movies from that time, and it seemed way too spunky. And like, yeah, like it would come in on like some of the dramatic aspects. I just use the I'm word spunky. I don't know. If I've I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you though. I'm with you though because it would totally come back in on some of those like dramatic scenes that I'm talking about. I'd just totally be like yeah. that. The the way I, I I've always kind of seen it is because Chevy Chase is basically narrating the the, the movie yeah. to like it's set up as like this is his article. Right. Right. But yeah, really, yeah. he's narrating like you're inside his head. So what I imagine was was like this is the music that Chevy Chase imagines is playing during these moments. Like so the character like in in real life obviously we don't have you know a synthwave band behind us at all times. So when Wish I did. when Fletch is going into these situations this is the music he's thinking about. So that's that's, that's why it, it works for me cuz that's that's his character. Like <laughs> yeah, right. he's he's goofy yeah. in yeah. shitty situations. Stay spunky. Yeah. Stay spunky. Frosty. Frosty. <laughs> Some of those uh some of those scenes, like the scene where he, uh, at the at the for like the third time at the country club or whatever, he sneaks into <laughs> Alan Stanwyck's wife's little yeah ordering shit on the Underhills tab yeah on Underhills, and he's like she's like oh just make yourself make yourself comfortable he's already like spread eagle like on the bed arms up fucking <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> I mean I thought that was great. What's the um, what's the line, Chassie? What, when she uh, walks when she's in, in the bed, she's yeah. standing there in her towel. Yeah, yeah. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> it's that stuff. Only with wet married women. <laughs> this is that's what I'm talking about. The this best is, is where the cops are fucking with him. He's like, they're 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 frisking him. He's like, what is this? That's my dick. It's just so quick. Right. <laughs> it's like, how can you? How can you act with somebody like that? You know what I mean? I, I could not be on set with somebody. I couldn't even do like my job as a producer right. or like a, a production tag has like I'd be laughing and Greg, he's he's saying scene. we're not funny. I'm not touching anybody's dick. Well, I'm not, 
we have we have we have plenty of room to laugh here about Greg touching Dave. That's not what I'm saying. What the fuck does that mean? What does that even mean? Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. Great, I'm the fucking butt of the joke again. <laughs> fuck you, Chevy. You sucked in this movie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, no, you were good, but you weren't. I don't know. He was Chevy. Yeah, I loved. I loved the banter. Obviously, he the, was great. I think. I think he was amazing in the movie. I think there's mm-hmm. only so good this movie could be. I think you put yeah. Bill Murray in there. If you like Bill Murray and hearing, you know, seeing him solo, boom, mm-hmm. same thing. But it's like you could put anybody else outside of those two guys or anybody else we were talking about in that yeah. role. It could be a, a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without those, I think two. it would be a terrible movie. Right. Without. Like we it said, could, half of this like takes potentially could have been the ad lib ones. Yeah, they were for sure. And I think like. To add to that, um, we talk a lot about pacing. I think this one, you know, not many of these movies are, these comedic comedic films. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pacing on this one was pretty good because there was a lot to this story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going from basically a dual-role reporter, like he's, he's trying to uncover the, the, the drug ring on the West Coast, this mm-hmm. and the other, yeah, and he's, yeah. he, he almost got shot dead in a, in a cell from yeah. the police chief. <laughs> yeah. And then switching and being like, I got, you, I got this, I got this, and he's trying to link it together. And then that police chief still comes in at the end. I mean, he the movie was paced really well as far yeah. as getting a lot of storyline in. And I guess that probably only generates by only having to have one main character. Well, I would say what makes this movie paced so well is the narration going back to that again without the narr- like if you think about yeah, this movie without him narrating true. the transitions it's terrible quite honestly it's it doesn't work without that narration and part of that is they figured out how to do an adaptation so like in this movie when in the book the you would just be reading some exposition you can't do that in a film well apparently they figured out a way to do it that it was it made sense where, like, if you look at Dune, a lot of the exposition is, like, it's just a still shot on somebody thinking. Right. Or in a yeah, lot of yeah. movies, they'll they'll take those exposition parts and turn it into dialogue. And it doesn't work because it's not meant to be dialogue. So they took exposition and they just used it as, like, either this is part of his his article or this is how he is, what he's thinking. Yeah. They very did it really point. well. Very, very good point, for sure. I mean, that adds a lot of uh, poignancy to the entire film. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty much... If you're not, if you don't have that, the movie is nothing. I agree. Without the narr- Chevy's narration, there's there is no plot. Pretty much, mm-hmm. he's kind of guiding you through. I guess that's how it has to. Well, go. the narration seems so good because of the the theme music that's going. On, right, Craig. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, you got, you got hold these me down. bangers. Hold me down. Hold me down a lot. <laughs> Come on, Goldberg. You can't fight him. Well, make it look like you're holding me back. I mean, I love hold 80s me back. music. Let me in. I love in. 80s music for the record. I love that shit, dude. Talking Heads, best band ever. At least the most underrated. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. And my favorite band will always be Tears for Fears. It's okay. We can do... We and can... I'm gonna wear a pink tux to the prom. Anyway. We can get into Darko. No problem. <laughs> Darko. Dude, that's... Okay. A, that's what gonna... we need to talk about off mic. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about that off mic. <laughs> <laughs> nope. King shit. Chevy. Um, Chevy Chevrolet. He Short did... for Chevrolet. Yeah. Short. Chevy Chase. Right. Ch- Chevy Chase. Uh, and his last name is actually shortened. It used to be... Chase Bank, so Chevrolet Chase Bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. good for him. Yeah, he's part of the Morgan family. Yeah, Chase <laughs> first, fifth, third, Mary first. <laughs> oh Welcome. God, I tell terrible jokes, but I think they're funny. 
Um, that's good. Third favorite. Oh, you guys, third. you guys got any more? Uh, that was any more thoughts. That was a good joke. That was as bad as the Fred Durst joke. That was actually a really good, really good joke. I like that. One. I mean, we could get in. <clears throat> there's not, there's not much. There's to not get too into much to unpack here. There's really not. I mean, movie straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even if you're listening to this, you've, you, you know and appreciate the movie. Yeah. You know, beyond our our, our normal listeners. From but. what it seems like, I think we might get more out of Fletch Lives. Fletch Lives is a lot of fun. Yeah, from what I was like looking it. up, um, it seemed like that's where kind of everything came together or made more sense. Well, Fletch I, Lives I, is divisive. I think okay. the, I think the one that I sent you earlier, the the, the ham mm-hmm. one, I think that was going to be the sequel. So that's yeah. So I was looking into that. So, so apparently they're re- re- they're rebooting the series. Yes. They're, so they're redoing oh, Fletch. They're, they're redoing this movie. Okay. We should probably mention that. So uh, there is and there there has been a sequel in the works for decades. Um, a couple of years ago, Jason Sudeikis was uh, tapped for a prequel that was going to be about that book, Fletch One. Which he would he would be he would be great. He would be great. Your <laughs> initial great. thought would right, think right, he'd, be, right. he'd yeah. be better than. So apparently, yeah. he yeah. was he was probably the way Hollywood works is you know when these things go dark, and and suddenly they were resurfaced with a different cast. Is a lot of these people are on what they call first looks, and we've talked about those before, where an artist is is on contract for a certain number of years. If a movie gets made. In that period of time, they get the first chance to first right of first refusal. So, Sudeikis's first look probably expired, and then they decided to go a different way and just reboot the series with John Hamm, both as producer and playing Fletch. That can get interesting. And that's I think that's set to come out next year. Do you think you get the same out? Right, we we said like Chevy was coming off his like drug addiction and doing this movie but with Hamm's a director. Crazy. Like mm-hmm. how, how are you how are you gonna like? See, I don't be know. that role and yeah. and and we say he's, he's directing too. Well, I think that he's the him. He's yeah. acting. He's, 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 I think he's, he's the most overall better actor. You know, I he's mean, not he directing could, though. He could play more parts. I think Ham. Yeah. See, I don't know. I, I'm gonna hold off on my opinions on on John Ham because I've been wrong before. I don't think it's gonna be that funny. Uh, that's my initial gonna, thought. But I think it's gonna be like more on the pace of. Being that if it's written, if it's written journalist. hilariously, he can execute that to yeah. the team. Right, yeah, that, yeah. That's John Hamm is funny when he gets to play a serious character in shitty, yeah. in, in in goofy positions. Like if you if you look at his character on, he plays Gabriel. Or, Did uh, you not say Gabriel. goofy positions? Yeah, but goofy think about positions. it in a new like age, one leg in a air. new age version of mm. of, of Fletch, They can make what I think what keep saying is the dramatic aspect of the yeah. movie. So much better, you know what I mean. That's, make it more yeah. like a. I, I, I bet they would make it more like a mystery. That's what yeah. I've been reading. Is yeah. it's going to be a slightly more serious, Dude, totally so movie. He, he makes you know, and I can get on board with that. I I'm going to hold off until it comes out and I see it. But you know, my 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 gut instinct is eh, maybe we could have gone with somebody different. But this also looks like a passion project for John Hamm. So you know what you you do you boo boo. If he's producing, I mean you know you, you got to think he's invested. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you say he's acting and producing. Acting and producing. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was. Doing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, it could be there. Yeah. I mean, it's I possible. Yeah. If like the you said, I think it's gonna be more enough, of a serious. Mm-hmm. If the writing is good enough, it'll be yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, does that take us to our final segment? Hmm. It is Tuesday. Should we talk tacos? Let's talk tacos. Okay. Mm-mm. Oh shit! I, I forgot to I... get the Rotten Tomatoes, so we're going into this blind. Tomatoes suck. That's right, except for the all-tomato taco from Tacos, Tacos, Tacos. That's right. Catch that coming out to a bodega near you. Go get your all-tomato taco from Tacos, Tacos, Tacos on Taco Tuesday. Extra verde, hold the salt. Gonna bring a birthday gift to my birthday party on my birthday. Got a birthday gift at my birthday party? Birthday times. Anyway, 
That's <laughs> I'm I'm throwing out jokes for people that are <laughs> probably jokes not saying, listening. Jokes saying jokes. <laughs> jokes. Um, so let's go around the horn. Fozzie, what's your taco rating out of a hundred? Hmm, hundred. I'm gonna score low here, bud. Um, even though I think this is one of probably that year's greatest films or com- com- comedy films. Um, this is low on my list as far as that shit goes because I know that's I know I know that era, mm-hmm. and this is this doesn't hold up. Uh, I'm gonna go low with a 56 tacos on this one. That's fair. Like, and you're a big comedy guy, so for it to even rate that high, it's got to have something right. So, yeah, 56 is fair. I'll give it a 65. 65? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to give it... Obviously, I'm going to be a little higher on the, on the scale, but maybe a 71 Tacos. Okay. It's a movie that deserves to be seen, you know, and if it's on TV, you know, if it's on, playing on TNT or whatever, yeah. you flip I it on. I won't disagree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going on every time. Yeah, but it, it definitely doesn't crack the But I've never seen it. Top I've 25%. never heard of it. This movie came out in 85. I was born mm-hmm. in 87. I've had... My entire life to watch this. I've never right. even heard of this. You were, negative, you were negative two, dude. Think about how much you've been through when this exactly. movie came Exactly. Negative out. two. So that's right off the bat. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for bringing that point up, man. Fuck yeah. How have you two. never heard of this? Well, and I, I mean. <laughs> you could try. Fuck out of here. Greg had never seen the thing either. So like. That's true. That's true. And, and I. Yeah. I don't. I, don't th- I, I mean. Yeah. That's That says something that you've never heard of it. However. Again, I've seen a lot of movies you haven't seen. That's true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. We're not going to make this a competition. My, 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 my movie dick is bigger. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. We love it. It has more scenes. But, I mean, and... and <laughs> That's a good one. Right? Sorry. All right, Bloody, folks, bloody mares are as strong. We, as we start flying off the rails, before we take out the orphanage, let's do plugs. Oh, we love plugs. Hold on. All right. All right. So... First and foremost, we'd like to give a big old lovey shout out to our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Specifically, we'd like to Ooh, thank you. Have no idea. We'd like to thank you for your uh, for your support because we were able to take some of that Patreon money and get ourselves a heater. Because yes. as of recording this, we are still recording in Greg's garage, and it is December, so it's, it's cold. It's in the cold ass, in the ass end. I think we're sitting around twenty one right now. But this yeah, heater yeah. we got from you guys, it's killing you know, it. It's it's been yeah, good. So we appreciate that. So Can when we say. Like, you guys help us keep going. It's as warm. It's true. I went inside of the bathroom, and it's just as warm, and, like, right inside the door as it is right outside yeah. of the door. Hopefully so. you didn't so shake thank you. outside, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So if you... Thanks for that, for keeping them inside. If shit. you would like to support all of this craziness, <laughs> you can you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepriceisright.com. Mm. And mm. there, if you do decide to become a loyal patron and pledge your soul to us... I splurged. Mm. I invested 49 cents in a set of novelty teeth. <laughs> you will help us get our novelty teeth, and in return, you will get early access to all of our episodes, exclusive episodes, of which, during the month of, months of December and January, we're going to be dropping some hot fire. Uh, we're going to be going back uh. and rating a lot of those movies that we didn't rate before we had the taco rating. And then we've got uh, we got a couple of we got an exclusive Fozcast up there, some exclusive insights, and just some fun little mini sods for you guys. And on top of that, you can get some sweet ass merch with merch. our logos on it. Uh, you can get mugs, merch. stickers. Uh, I forget all, what all Patreon offers, but there's some fun stuff out there. Apparently, you get like Yeti stickers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's about, but hey, thanks Yeti, <laughs> right? We'll Yeti, friends of the pod. We'll all take right. it on. So, is this is this before? This is that. Hang is this on. 12, is this twelve thirty one? I haven't one, even one, plugged one. myself yet, Greg. You can't, you're, so uh, we also have a store on Teespring. 
teespring.com. You can get some more merch. You can get a, a hoodie with the Master of the Mix logo on it. Love you can hoodies. get uh, bases, the bacon, and music. We got some <clears> die cut true. stickers and some cool shit. Um, keep your eyes open for another episode of Thesis Statement in hmm. late December, early January. I'm hoping to have that actually out next week as of recording this. So by the time you hear this, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl episode will be out. And then the next episode after that, I think, is... Uh, I can't remember, but I've got okay, a Okay, good. I'm going to cut you off. I'm yeah. super proud of you for that for that uh, project. You, you're doing a really good job, and I'm really impressed. And I'm really proud of it. The guys at PIW love you. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, so <laughs> on top of thesis statement, after the new year, around the time you're going to be hearing this, we are going to start uh, scripting and uh, recording a new video show on YouTube called Director's Cut where Greg and I mm. sit down and we go into deep dive on individual directors. We'll, we'll be doing three episodes per director, so three episodes on Guy Ritchie, three episodes on Tarantino, Spielberg, all the greats, and talking about their great films, what made them great, and how you can, you know, elevate your craft to be like them. Now on to the personal stuff. You can uh. find me, your first favorite bartender, third favorite author, on Twitter at the Price is Right 312 That's R-I-G-H-T. I am very funny. Uh, he is. You can, it's true. <laughs> Don't take my word for it. You can find me on Instagram at the Forgetful Writer three one two because it's true. <laughs> and as Greg has so voraciously reminded me, I am not allowed to forget that I wrote a book. Yes, he did. It is called Reaper. It is the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. It's a young adult fantasy novel about friendship and fantastical creatures you can find it on amazon.com barnesnoble.com anywhere you buy your books online buy your books and online. hard double paperback <laughs> and <laughs> COVID-19 has definitely put a damper on our audiobook however we are still planning on doing it <laughs> shit COVID <laughs> that said I'm gonna throw it over to these two chuckle fucks over so here I waited too uh, Fozman, where can we find you not oh, tweeting? You can, uh, not tweeting. <laughs> you can find me not twatting at uh, the Fozcaster on Twitter. You know, I, I'm not there very often, but I've come across a lot of you souls, a lot of you beings. I got a new uh, ad. It's kind of oh, weird. Yeah? She's like some super babe. And I'm like, <laughs> um, I don't know what Twitter is, so I'm not going to click on her stuff. So don't click on the super babes, but check out <laughs> Fozcaster. Follow Fozcaster, but it does not follow back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So check out the PIW boys. And if um, you if you do happen to be on Facebook and check out our Facebook page, most of the time you'll be talking directly to Greg. He's hello. been kind of our uh, multimedia master lately. Yeah, everybody yeah, hates yeah. Facebook. Shasti, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, Shasti at Bands. I don't believe in Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> so. See what I'm dealing with here? <laughs> so you just hate Greg up for that. <laughs> I'd like to Other- remind our audience that all of the music you hear in our show with the exception of that one uh, Tchaikovsky bit, uh, is (laughs) produced by Shasti and often performed by Shasti. And this piece you're listening to also has Greg playing the bass. Slap of the bass. With that said, we love you. We see you. We hear you. We will see you in the next episode. Say goodbye.